0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Mind Body Pause with Charlie Kale holistic living for you and your animals you found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place this is mind body pause on empower radio now here's your host fellow animal lover charlie kale
1: there, and welcome to Mind, Body, Paws, holistic living for you and your animals. Thank you for caring enough to be here. This is show number 30, Sanctuary Life, The Gentle Barn with Ellie Lacks. I'm Charlie Kale, a passionate dog and cat mom, broadcaster, and Reiki master in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People and Paws at charliekale.com. That's C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. I do distant healings as well as in-person appointments because energy transcends space and time. This is your safe place to honor animals, where we'll nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and charitably. And I don't just mean those souls with paws, I mean all of them. Hoofs, snouts, claws, beaks, horns, feathers, fins, scales, you name it. And that's what my guest does in the purest sense of the word. She honors animals by healing their soul and giving them joy that they then share with humans, helping heal trauma in people, especially children, in the process. Yeah, she's amazing. Ellie Lax is the founder of the Gentle Barn Foundation, a national nonprofit organization that rescues and rehabilitates unwanted animals and heals people with the same stories of abuse and neglect the animals have had. She's the author of the book, My Gentle Barn, Creating a Sanctuary Where Animals Heal and Children Learn to Hope. You've seen her on The Ellen Show with Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, this is Ellen's favorite charity. Animal Planet, PBS, and all the major networks. She's saved thousands of animals and built three gentle barn sanctuaries, Los Angeles area, St. Louis, and Nashville, and has a goal to build one in every state. Hello, Ellie Lax. Hi. Thank you so much for for taking time. You're so, so busy with the animals. But I know you're also um, a well-loved speaker and educator, but you put the animals first. So I really appreciate your taking time to help kind of educate everybody and fill them in on what you do. And basically, you provide a place for people and animals to be reminded that they matter. Yes. (laughs) I mean, that's the foundation for everything, knowing that we're loved, knowing we're enough.
0: I think that's true. I think that we're all going through our own individual stories and recovering from whatever it is that we're dealing with. But I think that if we can know that we matter, it changes everything. And if we don't know we matter, that flavors everything to kind of set up to be a struggle. So that's just the one most important thing that we address, whether it's with the people that visit us or the animals that have sanctuary with us, we have to show them that they matter and that they're important.
1: Absolutely. And you know that firsthand, you've been through traumatic abuse as a child and as a young adult. We won't go into all that, but just the animals saved you and and help you bring that back to them, the ones that you can save as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, I did struggle as a child and it was always animals that saved my life, reminded me that I mattered, that I was lovable and wanted. Connected me back to who I really am and showed me that there was so much love inside me. And it saved my life. And that's why I know firsthand that animals are angels among us. They're here to teach us so much and to do so much for us. And so at the General Barn, we rescue the animals, but then we partner with them to heal people. What Um, kind of animals?
1: Yeah. What kind of animals do you have at the General Barn?
0: At the Gentle Barn, we rescue horses, cows, pigs, sheep, goats, chickens, turkeys, peacocks, llamas, dogs, cats, donkeys, and we even have a parrot.
1: Aww. And one thing I didn't know about turkeys, you could cuddle with them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, boy turkeys like to show off, and they're so (laughs) spectacular. But girl turkeys like to cuddle. And it's something I kind of learned by mistake. 19 years ago, I got my very first Uh, Female turkey and fell madly in love with her, and we would have these wonderful conversations in the mornings. And one day she kind of just followed me around a little bit longer than she normally did. So I stopped what I was doing. I sat down on the ground and I looked her in the eyes and said, What is it, girl? Do you need something? And she climbed into my lap and fell asleep. We've been cuddling girl turkeys ever since.
1: That is beautiful i thought every child's dream was to have an animal sanctuary because mine was my mom's <laughs> was not my dad's but <laughs> but he was thank <laughs> god he was good about all the animals we brought into the house but even to this day any of my good friends, it is still our dream. And any guy I date has to smile and have that wistful look in his eyes when I say that I always want a house full of animals. Because if he looks across and says, oh, uh, you get along really well with my mom, then I know, okay, we're not going on a second date. So the the way you came about by realizing your dream was by stopping in a petting zoo just to see. And you walk in and the people are laughing and dancing and taking pictures. But what about the animals?
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I was so when I was little. I was always obsessed with animals. I saw them as our teachers, our healers, and my friends. And it was so clear to me that we were all the same. We just had different bodies. But the people around me didn't see animals the same way. And it always baffled me. So many years later, as a young adult, when I found an abusive petting zoo I'd never seen before and went in just to be nosy, the toenails were overgrown, the legs were deformed, they were beating the ponies to keep going around in circles. There were even dead animals in cages. It was a horrific scene but the worst sight at that petting zoo was to see the place full of people and they were all posing their kids next to these dilapidated animals taking pictures and smiling and not one single one of them could see the suffering right in front of them and that was the most disturbing thing about that and I think as a society as a whole we go around with blinders on I mean they say ignorance is bliss and I think that's true we're all kind of involved in our own lives and our own dramas, and they're suffering. And I think that if we can awaken to the suffering and help those in front of us, oh my God, what a world we can have.
1: Oh, most definitely. And you don't just help animals, which already you're my hero for doing that. You could stop right there, but you take it on to people because knowing people, people treat animals certain ways. So if you can get to the people, especially the kids, then you can help our future. So you work with at-risk kids, special needs children, and inner city kids, because you said you have an animal that mirrors every child's story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, And again, because I grew up saved by animals, I know firsthand how healing they are. And so it just made sense um, to have a place full of animals that I saved and then to partner with them to heal other people. So whether it's teenagers on probation or domestic violence shelters or war veteran centers, senior centers, homeless shelters, inner city schools or kids with um, learning differences, they can all come and, hear their stories through an animal, know that they're not the only one on the planet that has suffered that story, that there's someone else that shares their experiences, see that someone else thrive and love and be happy, and it inspires them that they can get through their stories as well.
1: And then they can go out and treat other people and animals better and teach that as well through through example.
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, we're we're covering nature in concrete and we're pushing animals out of our neighborhoods and we're living in this very fast paced, high tech world and we've lost our connection and it's in the connection with nature and in the connection with animals that we really connect back to ourselves. And so People are lost. They're living lives that they've not designed. They're doing jobs that they don't like and that's not fulfilling. And if we could just take the time to connect back to this beautiful, beautiful planet in which we live, to connect with all the creatures that share it with us and to find the love and the joy back inside of our own hearts, it does something. It brings us alive. It's healing. It's loving. It's joyous. And it gives us so much hope to get through our own stories.
1: Absolutely. I'm talking with Ellie Lacks, founder of The Gentle Barn and author of My Gentle Barn, Creating a Sanctuary Where Animals Heal and Children Learn to Hope. You can find out more at gentlebarn.org. So one thing I noticed by looking at videos of you is you are really communicating with the animals inside and out energetically. And can you tell me a little bit about your gentle healing method?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, ever since I was a child, I could hear animals. As a matter of fact, I have a very vivid memory of being six years old and playing in my room. And all of a sudden, I heard this voice in my head like, help, I need help. And I was like, here I come. And I ran out the house and down the street and took a left and went down the hill to the lake, took a right. And right there on the bottom of a tree was a little baby bird that had fallen out of her nest. And I'm like. Thank you for calling me. Here I am. I'll bring you home. And I brought her home and I built a little nest out of uh, mud and grass. And I fed her until she was big enough to fly away. Um, I thought all little girls were doing that. I thought all people could hear animals. <laughs> right. Um, it kind of astounded me when I hit high school and I was <laughs> teased for my connection with animals. I'm like, wait, you can't hear them too? Yeah, Exactly. So um, yeah, I the animals talk to me, and I talk to them. Um, I use energetic healing in re- helping them recover. Um, of course, we use vet care, but um, we also use acupuncture, acupressure, chiropractic, deep tissue massage therapy, ultrasound, ice therapy, water therapy, energetic healing, nutritional supplements, and lots and lots of love. Um, you know, when we can't, when we're not intuitively connected to animals, then the medical field is only kind of half the picture. How are they walking? How are they eating? What disease do they have? Um, Looking at the blood, looking at the fecal samples. Those are gonna tell a story, but when we can intuitively connect to the animal and have them tell, you know, when they tell me their trauma and what they've been through, and they tell me the reasons why they're sad or that they're angry, um, or they make requests, like I'm missing a baby, There have been times where cows have told me that there was a baby, and everyone around me, the place that we got them from, the people that were involved, they'll all say, nope, 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 there was no baby. But that cow is saying, I lost a baby, you have to help me. And then we go back, and sure enough, her baby's right there. These animals have told me so much that have enabled me to really help them in a much, much deeper way.
1: Oh, yeah. And you're so good, too, to explain to them what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. Because when you do tell your animals what's going on, they listen and then they're like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. All right. We're good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I learned very early on I had a goat that I had to rush to the hospital because she had four babies that were extremely sick and had to get to the hospital. And uh, she outweighed me by 100 pounds. I couldn't get her into the crate. I couldn't get her into the car. There was no way she was going to cooperate with me. And so finally, after exacerbation, I just kind of looked at her and said, please, your babies are dying. I have to get you to the hospital. As soon as they're better, you'll come right back here. And she looked at me and she was like, well, why didn't you just ask? And she walked into the crate and sat down. And that was was almost 20 years ago when I learned that they understand every single word that we say. Um, So, yeah, before I do anything with an animal, I always tell them what we're doing and why. I paint the whole picture for them so that they can want to participate.
1: So what kind of situations do you rescue your animals from?
0: So we work with animal control, the police department, and other rescues. At the Gentle Barn, we basically take in animals that have nowhere else to go because they're too old, too sick, too lame, or too scared to be adoptable. Um, So other agencies refer us from cruelty cases or hoarding situations, puppy mills, um, backyard butchers, And then people call us, of course, with cruelty cases as well. Um, And if the animals can be adopted, if they're doing well, if it's just people that don't want their animals or are moving or whatever, then we refer them. But if it's an animal that no one else will take because they need such intense care, those are the ones that we take in. So um, we've had animals that needed prosthetic legs. We've had animals in wheelchairs. We've had animals that were so scared it took years to touch them. We've had animals that were so angry that no one could handle them, and it took many, many years to show them that we are trustworthy. Um, We've had animals that were severely abused physically and animals that were severely abused emotionally. We've had animals that have lost everything, lost their family, lost hope, lost faith in humanity, and we've had to really breathe the life back into them. And then we've had animals that have kind of reached the end and have come into the gentle barn so that we can help them walk home with dignity in the arms of people that love them. We also do extensive work with orphaned animals. Um, You had asked earlier about our gentle healing method. Yes. We work extensively with either cows from veal crates, you know, baby calves in veal crates, or like puppies with parvo or orphaned animals, because the number one problem with orphaned animals and other sanctuaries is that sometimes vet care cannot save them. And I spent a long time trying to figure out why that is. And I came up with a theory that if an orphaned animal doesn't have their mommy, doesn't have love, doesn't feel safe, doesn't belong to anybody, then really why would they live? They have nothing to live for. So yes, we do vet care and we have a whole school of alternative methods, but the number one ingredient in saving the life of an orphaned animal is not the vet care or the good food. It's really to give them something to live for. And so what we do when we get parvo puppies or orphan cows or other animals is I put my, we all, all our staff and volunteers take shifts four hours throughout the day and throughout the night so that they're never alone. And we do energetic healing and we play music and we sing songs and we read books out loud to them and we hold them in our laps and we paint the picture of the life that they can have. We tell them about the love that they'll get. We tell them about the the time they'll enjoy playing, the fun they'll have, the friends they'll have, the big purpose they'll have. And we paint the picture of the life that's waiting for them and we hold them as they recover. And that gives them something to live for and that aids in the healing process. So then, then the veterinary care and the alternative methods can actually work and they make it. And so we've, we've nursed back to health Hundreds of parvo puppies where the vets wanted to euthanize them and we bring them home and we give them nutritional supplements to boost their immune system, hydration to make sure that they're hydrated, and then holding therapy to give them the thing to live for. And they live. It's it's like magic.
1: Because you tell them of the life they deserve. Yeah. And something else brilliant that you do, and and it's so wonderful that you pair each animal with their own person.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, giving them something to live for. Everyone needs to know they matter, right? Right. If they don't have a mom and they don't have friends and they've been seen as an object their whole life and they're sick and they're dying and they don't want to be here anymore. But if you give them somebody that will hear them, that will speak to them, that will love them and be kind and gentle to them they develop this bond where now they belong to someone. They matter. They have a purpose. They have someone that cares about them. Now they want to live.
1: And I mean, usually a similar story, a similar traumatic past.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's incredible what happens when someone meets someone else that's similar to their, themselves. Um, especially victims of abuse. We work with kids that have been through horrendous stories, absolutely horrendous, and they think they're the only ones in the world that have experienced that pain. So there's a loneliness that comes with it where they think it's them against the world, that they're carrying this secret and this horrible experience that no one else will understand. And the minute they meet someone else that has lived that life, they realize they're not alone. For The animal realizes that and the person realizes that. And somehow that's just so freeing and instills so much hope.
1: And I know you saved some horses from the inhumane production of Premarin. Can you explain just a little bit how that's made and why nobody should take it? Because people don't realize.
0: Yes. Oh, my God, I would love to. So Premarin is a hormonal replacement therapy drug for menopausal women. And it's derived from a pregnant horse's pee. So what they do is they have thousands of horses that they impregnate and they stand in a three-foot stall for nine months with a catheter taking out the pregnant pea. Once they reach the end of their pregnancy, they're allowed out in pasture to have their babies. But once the babies are a month old, they don't want the babies. They just want the pregnant pea. So the babies are rounded up and sent to slaughter and the female horses are brought back in for another nine months of standing there with a catheter. It's a life of torture and suffering from beginning to end. And we were very blessed to be able to rescue two horses from the permanent industry. Um, Their names are Zoe and Lazar, and they were twins, actually. And twin horses don't typically survive. They either die in utero or shortly after birth. But in this case, they were born twins and survived, they were born in a pasture that was 20 degrees below zero in Canada. Uh, All the babies were hitting the ground and dying on the uh, to survive somehow. They were taken away from their mom at a month old and sent to slaughter. They survived that. And at the very last minute, a rescue truck went and bought them instead of a slaughter truck. And they were brought to a sanctuary in California. But the babies... Um, were so dependent on each other and angry and scared and afraid that they were not adoptable. And they tried to separate them to place one and not the other, and they absolutely just went insane. And so ultimately (sighs) we were asked to rescue them so that we can keep them together for the rest of their lives. And um, one has since passed. He was so large that he developed mobility issues at the age of 10, Um, but prior to that, for 10 years, they were together, they moved in tandem, they ate together, they groomed each other, they spent hours just standing together, communicating and meditating together. It was the most beautiful thing to watch uh, for them to recover. And to think about their mom, who is still at the permanent farm, being impregnated, crying for her babies, standing there with a catheter, And one day she'll be too washed up and old and achy to be productive, and then she'll go to slaughter. Um, A lot of Americans don't know about this because Americans, as a practice, do not eat horse meat. But horse meat is very big in Asia and Europe. So they slaughter the baby horses and send their flesh to the meat market in Asia and Europe. But this is going on, you know, every day. And the thing is, is that a lot of um, doctors don't even know where Premarin comes from. You you go into the doctor, hey doctor, I'm having a hot flash, oh my God, here's Premarin, oh thank you, and that's the end of the discussion. There hasn't been enough research to know what actually Premarin does in the human body and what cancers that creates. And there's not enough awareness about it. Right. So now animal lovers are discovering Premarin horses rescued in facilities. They're hearing their stories and less and less people are using the drug. So uh, pass it on because yes, there's a lot there, of, uh, yeah.
1: Natural remedies you can use. There are some great herbs. There are some fantastic minerals that you can use that I, I think work better than Premarin. I mean, I've mean, i never taken Premarin, but um, you know, I know there are wonderful holistic remedies that do work. Let's let's go to something a little uh, that feels a little better for a second. How about your three amazing locations? You've got the LA area, uh, St. Louis area, and then of all things, uh, in Nashville, the Volunteer State, Tennessee, the Volunteer State, and uh, where you have what thousands of volunteers overall.
0: Yes, we do, and our volunteers are the absolute backbone of what we do. They're amazing um, in all three locations. We have about two hundred animals total, and we service hundreds of thousands of people every year and um, very excited to be in the next state as we move along
1: do you oh uh, are you do you have a, a state possibly that's in the works right now? Another state?
0: Yeah. I mean, my favorite saying is, how do you make Spirit laugh? You tell them your plans. So I am mean, right. my <laughs> plans are only as good as Spirit's agreement to it, but I would very, very, very much like to be in New York.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's every like state, absolutely. Coastal. But um, that would be a good thing. So uh, the public can visit your L.A. location. Can they visit all three at certain times?
0: Yes, absolutely. All three locations are open to the public on Sundays. All three locations host school field trips, private tours, and special events during the week. Um, yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, one States more
0: with Nashville and Los Angeles.
1: Thing before we go, what do you need? How can people help your amazing mission?
0: Well, I mean, these animals eat a lot, and um, we need staff to care for them and we need to maintain their properties so that they have what they need so I mean, the biggest thing that we need is just funding so we can continue to care for the animals that we have and rescue more animals that have nowhere else to go. Um, the best way to support the Gentle Barn and to have fun yourself is to sponsor an animal. So you can go to gentlebarn.org, press on animals, and see the pictures and read the stories of most of our animals. And then you can pick the story that calls to you or the little face that calls to you or the kind of animal that you prefer, and you can sponsor. Sponsor that animal for a nominal donation each month and in exchange you get an emailed behind-the-scenes update of how the animal is doing with a new picture so you can be intimately involved in the life of a horse a cow a pig a sheep a chicken a turkey a chicken um, a llama or an emu a dog or a cat and um, you can share the pictures with your friends and family you can read their stories and see how they're doing um, and it is really a wonderful way To support the organization, enable us to care for the animals that we have now, give us the strength and confidence to rescue even more animals and save more lives, and then you get to be intimately involved in a cool farm animal's life for the rest of their life.
1: And just real quickly, what one last thing would you like to impress upon everyone?
0: Be gentle.
1: Yeah. That that's my code word for my German Shepherd when she's getting uh, anxious and everything. I'm like, gentle. Show me gentle. Awesome. Thank you, Ellie Lacks, founder of The Gentle Barn and author of My Gentle Barn Creating a Sanctuary Where Animals Heal and Children Learn to Hope. Find out more and help her with her mission at gentlebarn.org. Thank you for hanging out with me on Mind Body Pause Holistic Living for You and Your Animals. I'm Charlie Kale. Check out my Reiki business, Energy Healing for People in Paws for in person sessions or distant healing. Over the phone on Skype, people and animals at charliekale.com. You can also find past shows right there, as well as on my page and Empower Radio. Special thanks to Brent Carey, the CEO of Empower Radio, and to Remy Smith at the Controls at the New Studio in Detroit for their love and respect for all life. Take care and remember, no matter what's going on with your animals, don't beat yourself up thinking you could have done better because you're doing the best you can. They know it. They chose you anyway, and they love you for it. Mind Body pause is a free zone. See you next time. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic,
0: Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing,
1: I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.